Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. We are in this series called Healer. God is doing some amazing, amazing things. Man, last week I talked to you about that guy with the oxygen tank. Man, I got to see him this week. No tank, no tank, amen. He was at our church. Um, he, he even told me his name because I called him oxygen tank guy in the sermon, um, but I forgot his name. Alrighty, so. Right, Jesus knows your name. <laughs> I'm praying about remembering your name. So, but God is doing some amazing things. But here's the thing, if we're all honest, our vision is to be real. I know you don't wanna be, you wish you went to another church, but our vision is to be real. So here's the thing we're all sitting. We're watching God do these amazing things. We're hearing about God doing these amazing things. And there's part of us, right? Because you're not all evil, amen? Part of you are like, oh, praise God, God healed somebody's marriage. God brought somebody's kid back to church. Man, God healed somebody from cancer. There's part of us that rejoices in that. But then there's the rest of us, right? We're sitting in line and we're like, okay, wait a minute. What makes them so special? What are they doing right? What am I doing wrong? Why are they getting a yes? And I'm just sitting here waiting. And so I wanna talk to you today about how to wait for your miracle. How do you wait for it? Because that's the hardest part, man. I mean, if you wanna find out whether or not you're a Christian or not, go wait in a long line. (laughs) Like you don't even believe in Jesus 10 minutes into waiting. We all lose our minds when we're waiting, don't we? We watch the worst of human behavior when we're waiting. And and, and this really brings out the worst in us. And so I wanna talk about how to to wait like a Christian as you wait on Jesus. And we're gonna look at one of the miracles in the Bible where this guy had to wait. Now he maybe didn't have to wait as long as you're gonna wait, but he had to wait. And and, and there is a pregnant pause in in this healing. And it is scary for this guy. And we're gonna talk about it, but it's in Mark, we're in Mark because so many of the miracles, remember Mark's the shortest gospel, but it has the most miracles. And so in Mark 8, 22 through 26, think about that, just four verses. Four verses that can change your life and your perspective forever today. And so it says, and they came to Bethsaida and some people brought him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And that's where some of us are today. God touched my marriage. God touched my life. God touched my finances. I mean, so many of us were crying out to God, God, I just, I just want you, I just want you to do something for me. I just want to hear from you. And so he took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the village. Isn't that interesting that some of the greatest miracles God wants to do is not in our public life, it's in our private life. And so what would happen today if God just kind of pulled you away from where you kind of normally sit in your Christian faith and he said, hey, let's get some one-on-one time. And for some of you, let's be honest, your only one-on-one time is church time. That's not one-on-one time, that's, that's family time. But when's the last time you had a conversation with Jesus? And so he calls this guy over and he says, okay, hey, let's not play church, let's have church. And let, just, just hold on to your seatbelts here. I know it's COVID, you're gonna freak out. So he pulls him aside and then he spits on his eyes, Right? So we're gonna have a healing service and all of our pastors, we've, we've, we've made sure they're not on mucinix, they got plenty of phlegm. <laughs> and we're just gonna have you come forward in the name of Jesus and we're gonna trust God today, amen? 
Can you imagine? I feel the spirit. When he had spit on his eyes and he laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? Do you see anything? Did it work? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. That's because he has a Jesus loogie in his eyes. He can't, he, can't, he can't fully see. But I want you to see this. He prays and asks for a miracle. Jesus does something and it doesn't fully work. Why is that? He has to wait. He has to wait. And this is one of the rare occasions where the miracle is not immediate. And let me just say this, this is what most of you will experience. Some of us want instant gratification with God. And we're gonna talk about today why God makes most of us wait. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. No loogie this time, praise God. And his sight was restored. And then he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home saying, don't even enter the village. Just go home with the miracle you've received today. Why on earth did Jesus make this guy wait? He doesn't need the loogie. He doesn't need the prayer. He doesn't need any of this. And yet this guy has to enter into a process of faith where the miracle is not immediate. And for some of us, we've all said for God to do it, it has to be immediate. It has to be instantaneous. So how do I wait for my miracle today? Number one, never forget this. Jesus is worth the wait. He's worth the wait. He's worth the wait. Man, Tammy and I celebrated 26 years of marriage this week. Can you believe that? 26 years of marriage. When I called her to try to get back with me, she hung up on me 10 times in a row. 10 times in a row. Why? Why, why did I keep calling? Because I knew she was worth the wait. I knew. I knew. Some of you guys, you called God once. Oh, he didn't answer. He didn't answer. And you just stopped calling. You just got to know this. Jesus is worth the wait. And here's one of the things that you need to know about God. His timing is almost never your timing. Second Peter 3, 9 says this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not, wish, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Listen to me, the Lord is never late, but he is never early. He is never early. Everybody was asking, Pastor, why don't we have more, why don't we have more, uh, you know, sunrise services at Sandals on Easter? It, because I read the scriptures, it says they went to the tomb early in the morning and he was not there. <laughs> I don't know what Bible you're reading. He wasn't there. The Lord's like, it's early. <laughs> I don't know what you guys been doing, but I died this weekend. <laughs> I need some coffee. Hang out with the angels. Gonna take this resurrection day slow. But here's the thing you need to know, man. God's timing is very different from your timing. And you know why that is? Because we live in an age of immediacy. Like we want it now. Like how many of you guys at Starbucks are like, do you know how long I've been waiting? I mean, a hundred years ago, you ordered your coffee from Sears and it came six months later <laughs> with mold in it 
and you drank it anyways. Isn't that crazy? Our whole sense of immediate, you know? Like, I don't understand microwave popcorn. Like, popping popcorn isn't fast enough. I don't have three minutes. I need this in 60 seconds. I'm gonna nuke it, because that's good for me. And some of you need a healing miracle? Stop eating microwave popcorn. <laughs> Stuff's invented by the devil. It's just gross. But let me remind you who you're waiting on and what you're waiting for. Genesis 49, 18, and this verse cracks me up. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. Why does it crack me up? That's the first book in the Bible telling us to wait. Wait. Man, if God told us in the first book of the Bible to wait, what does that mean for us? We need to learn to wait. And I just wanna run through for those of you who don't know your Bibles. And the reason you're so impatient in your life is because you haven't studied the lives of others and how God worked in their life. So let me talk to you about Noah. Noah, he waited all kinds of, for all kinds of things. But you know that he waited for land? He, Noah, Genesis 8, 10, waited another seven days. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark. He waited again and again and again. It's so interesting, man. So many people today, they don't believe in the evidence for a worldwide flood. And, and you know what's changing? People are seeing more and more evidence of a worldwide flood, a cataclysmic event that occurred. Do you know that all, almost all of our Native American Indian tribes have a story of a gigantic flood in their history, in their oral tradition? Wouldn't it be nice if, if our, our schools could start learning some things that we've forgotten from the past? Noah waited on the Lord. He waited. Some of you guys are like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do another day. That's why I put this first. He waited another seven days. You know why that was? Because he had waited seven days the week before. And he had waited 40 days before that. And he may have built the ark for 100 years. It may have taken him 100 years, right? You're talking about waiting? Next, some of you are like, well, you know what, pastor? You know, I'm not looking for land. I just need a word from God. Did you know that Moses had to wait for the commandments? Exodus 24, 12. God didn't send it by email or text. I almost said fax, but that really would have, that really would have dated me. All of our young people have been like, mm, you lost me, pastor. I don't know what a fax is. Exodus 24, 12, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait here. Oh Lord, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just wait. Some of you want, you, you want a word from God. God wants you to have a word from him now. Wait, wait. The Bible says Abraham waited for a child. Hebrews 6.15 says this, and thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Man, if you're looking for a tattoo to, you know, on your body, I would go with that verse. Waited patiently for the promise. But most of us, we're not like Noah, we're not like Moses, and we're certainly not like Abraham. We're like a character from one of the weirdest movies in American history. Anybody ever watched the original uh, uh, Chocolate Factory, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, right? That is, I don't know why that's a children's story. It is very frightening, and, and Charlie may be the devil, I don't know. But that, that, that movie's weird, and like you're like, sit down children, let's watch this movie where children disappear. 
That's why I'm so weird. I grew up in the 70s when this came out. But Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, one of the most hated characters is Veruca Salt. I want it now. I want it now, daddy. Isn't it interesting that her father gives her everything she wants immediately? Does anybody notice that they both end up in the furnace? Right, not a children's story. And Veruca went to hell. You watch that movie and the dad doesn't believe it and he falls in. Whoops. You see, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory shows us what happens when a father gives into every child's wish. But there is a guy in the Bible who couldn't wait. His name was King Saul and he lost his crown. Some of you are so focused on what you don't have, you fail to see what you could lose if you don't learn to wait. 1 Samuel 13, 8, he, King Saul, he waited seven days for the appointed time by Samuel, the prophet. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the people were leaving him. Man, some of you guys, right before your miracle, you're gonna play God and you're gonna step in. Some of you individuals are single. Oh Lord, when, when, when's my man coming? Isn't it amazing how the devil always has somebody? Like he's got a whole group of guys. Like he'll let you pick. Man, that's not a dating app. That's a lineup at the police station, amen? You know, do you want criminal A, B, or C? Well, C stands for Christ, I'll go with him. And then you're back at church, what happened? You didn't wait. You didn't wait. So how do I wait for my miracle? I, I, got, I gotta remember, Jesus is worth the wait. He was worth the wait. We had to wait for thousands of years for him to be born. Why can't you wait a couple days or years for your miracle? Number two, stay focused on Jesus as you wait. Man, it is easy to focus on anything else. Listen to this verse, Psalms 37, seven, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way or over the man who carries out evil devices. What does this verse mean? Don't get distracted by what God is doing in somebody else's life, no matter how terrible they are. This week, Tammy and I, we went on a date to celebrate our anniversary and I went up and ordered food and they give you a number. That's the worst thing ever. You know why? Because here's what I start doing. I look at my number, number 93. Then I notice 97 got their food. 99 got their food, 106 got their food. And then it's like, goes all the way back to one. Now one is eating, two is eating, three, four, five is eating. And I lost my mind. I was like, what is the point of numbers? Why would you give me a number? And I'm all nasty to some girl who's just like, look, I just I have to wear this mask. I'm just doing my job. She's not cooking the food, but that's how some of us are in church. Why does she get married? She doesn't even work out. <laughs> Is that too real? <laughs> she doesn't even exercise. Why does that guy get married? He's, not, he's never even prayed once. Fret not over what's happening in evil people's lives. Why am I always the bridesmaid, never the bride? Isn't that amazing? 
Why do they get to have a kid? They're terrible parents. Look how evil they are. They should never be entrusted with a child. Why do they get a promotion? Lord, you know he's dumb. Oh, don't we? We compare, don't we? You know what happens? You start focusing on what God's doing in everybody else's life. You forgot to focus on Jesus and what you want him to do in your life. That's what we do. Why do you think Jesus took the man out of the village? I think he wanted to cut out all the distractions. Some of you are distracted. And instead of waiting for your miracle, you're complaining that God's blessing other people's lives. What does that say about you? Here's what I think it says. God needs to do a miracle in you before he gives you the miracle you've asked for. Man, we are so immediate. Anybody notice on Google Maps that it will ask you if you'd like to save two minutes by an alternative route? Yes, I would. <laughs> two minutes. Two, what is going on in your life <laughs> that you don't have two minutes? What does Google know about you? <laughs> would you like to save two minutes on this alternative route? What's the point? And how does Google know that you can in fact save two minutes? Google doesn't know who's gonna cut you off, what's gonna happen. It's crazy. And someone was like, yes, I would. <laughs> how many of you guys ever been at a restaurant where they're calling somebody's name? The Browns, Browns party of four, the Browns, because they left. They left. They leave the restaurant right before their name is called. Can you imagine Jesus answering your prayer? He's like, Browns, party of, party of five. I forgot, we're five. <laughs> actually, actually, now we're seven. We're seven. <laughs> right? That was terrible. Dad fail. Um, but isn't that sad? And you're just happy that now you get to move up in the line. Isn't that amazing? Some of you are so impatient, you make reservations at multiple res you know, restaurants. Where are we eating, Dad? I don't know, we're gonna find out. <laughs> Some of you, man, you are focused on everything but God as you wait for your miracle. And I, I'm not God, but if I was, that, that'd make me feel used. You're not actually interested in me. You just want what I can give. Now, if we say we have a real relationship with God, why would we wanna treat God that way based upon how he's treated us? So how do I wait for my miracle? Man, this, this one's tough, but ask Jesus to give you clarity while you wait. While you wait. Psalms 25.5, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. It's one of the things that people in the ancients could do so much better than us. They were good at waiting. We're terrible at it. We're terrible. Lord, teach me. What does God wanna teach you? What is it that you need to learn before you get your miracle? Because here's the thing I think God knows. As soon as you get what you want, you're probably gonna leave. It's amazing to me the couples who only come to our church when their marriage is on the rocks. See you again next crisis. Love you guys. Enjoy the river. 
Yeah. Too real? Until we meet again. Isn't it amazing? You, you, you only want your kids in youth group when, when life's falling apart. Well, you know how you keep life from falling apart? You put them in youth group before it falls apart. I know, shocking. What? But some of us only come to God when we need something. And here's why waiting is so important. I think what waiting teaches us is what we need is him, not the miracle from him. Psalms 38, 15. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for God. And that's a place where the Bible repeatedly calls us to sit, to sit and wait. And here's the thing is, we don't like waiting at a restaurant or at Starbucks or at a fast food joint because we think we're the one that's supposed to be served. You see, that's our problem. Waiting teaches us who the servant is. We are to wait upon the Lord. But here's what I wanna challenge you. If you're waiting for your miracle and you say, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I don't want you to be real. I don't want you to lie. Oh, God, I have no problem whatsoever with all these lame, idiotic people being blessed. Yeah, sure you do. Sure you do. God say, God, what is it that I need to learn from you? So I would ask three questions. Number one, Jesus, is there something you want me to learn? Remember I told you a couple weeks ago when my grandmother, an amazing, amazing woman, she took me to church when I was little. I went to Sunday school with her. She taught me many, many things that I learned about God, but on her deathbed, she would say, why won't God just take me home? She said, what does God want me to learn? It's so bizarre to, to give your grandmother spiritual wisdom. I said, grandma, the lesson is you're not God. We don't, we don't get to decide. You see, we all turn into Veruca Salt when we're impatient. God doesn't want us to become Veruca Salt. He wants us to become like his son, Jesus. Jesus, where do I need to become more like you as I learn to wait? One of the habits that I think can build patience in you is walking. Anybody knows Jesus walked everywhere? If there was a guy who could immediately get anywhere at any time, Okay, we know he knows how to fly. That's how he left. <laughs> right? If I was Peter, I'd have been, where was that all those times we were walking? <laughs> right? That could have come in handy. We know he has the ability to transport himself from one place to another, but he doesn't do it. Why? Because there's value in slowing down. There's value in walking. Next, so is there something you want me to learn? Next, is there something you want me to do? You see, here's the problem with a miracle. It's what you want God to do for you. Here's the question. Is there something you're asking me to do for you? You see, that's what waiting does. That's what awkward silence does. You have to try to figure it out. Is there something, is there something that you want me to do? One of my favorite passages in the book of Acts, it says, while Paul waited, he noticed, he noticed shrines to an unknown God. And so he preached a sermon. You see, some of you, God has something for you to do that's amazing, amazingly productive while you wait for your miracle. But you're so focused on what you 
didn't get or you haven't gotten that you're, fo you're not focused on what he's calling you to do. And then, this is huge. Jesus, is there something you want me to stop doing that's called sin? Is there something, is, is there something that I'm doing here that you want me to stop? And again, we want an immediate answer to all three of these questions, don't we? Which would fail the lesson that God's trying to teach you. Not only do we want an immediate miracle, we want an immediate answer. So we don't just want an immediate miracle for healing, we want an immediate uh, answer to why we are not getting a healing. Do, do you sense the problem? And the solution to both of those problems is you learning to wait. And it's not fun. It is not fun. But here's the thing is, there might not be a lesson, something you need to learn. There might not be something you're supposed to do. There might not be something you're supposed to stop doing. Something like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm in sin. I don't know what's going on. It might just be, he wants you to wait. And he's the king. And we don't live in a world where there's a king but he's the king. And here's the thing is, in the ancient world, when you got dressed up to see a king, even if you were the wife, you could get all dressed up and just wait in the lobby all day. And that's how it was, even if you're the wife. So here's the thing is, part of our worship is learning to wait. That's the point. But why is waiting so hard? It's not easy. It's not easy. It's why I hate Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, the rides are fine. The food is good. I mean, it's a little ridiculously, you know, with the money. It's the waiting that makes me go crazy. I don't want to be on the news, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be. But why, why is it that we, we need to learn to wait? Waiting on the Lord takes, and, and this is the thing that's gonna blow your mind, it takes personal courage. Listen to this verse. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Man, courage is tough. Courage is tough. When I was in the army, one of the things that they trained us on was learning to wait. You see, the impulse of a soldier is to shoot too soon. And they would teach us the hardest thing for an army to do is to wait, to wait, to wait. One of the most famous battles in American history, the commanding general said this, do not shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. Isn't that amazing? Think about how close we have to be to see the whites of our eyes. Man, that's intimidating. When you have an army coming right at you, you see it takes courage to wait. Wait. We don't think about that. But we need to learn, okay, Lord, I, I need courage here. Take courage. God, I need courage. So if you're struggling waiting and you don't know what to pray for, instead of the miracle, say, Lord, give me the courage to wait as I sit in this. Lord, I'm not brave. I'm not brave. I lack courage, right? So here's the thing. So many of us think that miracle A is what we need, but God wants to work on miracle B that we're completely blind to. And here's the thing is waiting is hard. And so many of us, we are adults physically, 
but we are children spiritually. And we are like Veruca Salt. We don't know how to, we don't know how to wait. So why does God want us to wait? It takes courage. Next, it builds patience. I hate that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, I don't even want to pray for patience. I'm afraid to pray for patience because I think there's a patience angel in heaven and he's just waiting for one of us, one of us suckers to pray for it. He's like, ha ha, answered, <laughs> answered, boom, boom. Because man, it's hard, right? It's hard to be patient in our marriage. Any parents with little children, man, that's hard to be patient. And I could just harm all of you right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm bigger and stronger and more powerful. Lord, give me patience. And God's like, that's why I gave you that little terrorist. <laughs> Romans 8:25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know how this this child's going to make it. Patience. Lord, I don't know. I don't know if I can last in this marriage. Patience. God, I don't, I don't know if I can handle these sexual desires. Patience, right? We want God to fix it. We want God to be like Harry Potter where he waves his wand and it's all good. But that's not who God is. Christianity is not about being a magician. It's about learning to be transformed and that takes time. But here's why you need to learn to be patient because patience shows God you're serious. Every parent knows this. Your kids ask for everything. It's why I would do anything possible to not go shopping with my children. Right? I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. Then they're crying. And then they put all the candies right at the checkout line, right? It's like Target hates you. They hate you. They want you to understand that. Come again. It's terrible, isn't it? And all these kids flippantly, I want this, I want that, I want that. And I used to tell my kids when they got allowance, well, you can use your money. Like, oh, I didn't realize we were gonna, we're gonna use my money. Oh, I, th I think I can wait then. <laughs> it's amazing how we're willing to wait when it costs us something. I waited patiently for the Lord. Listen to this. And he inclined his ear to me and heard my cry. And how do you know, how do you know when you got to go check on your kid when they keep crying? You're like, it's only been an hour. But you know, right? You know. When they're really hurt, when something's really long, you know when you got to go check on them. So does your father in heaven. And some of you are like, I've been crying. And God's like, no, you're whining. You're whining. And I don't like it. I mean, how many of you like whining? When I'm in a restaurant now, that's how I know I'm getting old. When I hear whining, I'm just like, oh, oh. That's like kryptonite for old people. There's a child. Oh my gosh. Dude, whining is so bad. Tammy and I were at a restaurant last week and a homeless person was playing with this toddler. Parents didn't even care because the kid stopped whining. I was like, I don't know that we should be doing this. Yeah. Homeless guy walked away, came back. Parents were glad. Thank God you're back. Thank God. Talk to the toddler again. 
Waiting on the Lord, here's the thing is, it's good for me. Why? God, why? Why don't you answer me? Because God wants what's good for you. You want immediate gratification. You want here, now, and we demand it. God doesn't want you to be Veruca Salt. He wants you to be who he's called you to be. Listen, it's Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Let's pause there. Waiting is good because every single one of us needs to learn to be dependent. About 10 years ago, I had surgery on my eyes. It's called LASIK surgery. And they told me when I had surgery, you, you, at least when I had it 10 years ago, there's one table that cuts your eyes. There's another table that performs the LASIK laser surgery on your eyes. And they told me, they said, when we cut your eyes, you will be blind. And the nurse is gonna help you up off the table and she's gonna lead you over to the other table where I will be here and I will perform the surgery on you. He said, but you're gonna have to trust me. The doctor said, you're gonna have to trust me. And they gave me some Xanax. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. But you know, when I realized I was blind, I was terrified. And the whole time I could hear my nurse, she's holding my hands and she's leading me. She said, I'm still here. You're gonna be okay. I'm still here. And then they put me on another table and the doctor said, I'm here. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. You see, it's one thing to conceptually know about waiting, it's another thing to actually sit in it and hurt and be afraid. And can I just say this today, some of you, there's some people sitting next to you, they're really hurting. And you and I, we have no idea what they've gone through. And maybe we're judging how they're dressed or how they look, but we have no idea how badly they're waiting for a miracle today. And we need to not only think about ourselves, we need to think about them. To the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should wait. Wow. Quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Key verse, quietly. Quiet. Amen, parents? I just, I need you to be quiet. Every parent, let's play the quiet game. Starting now. Isn't that interesting? God wants us to wait quietly. And I know some of us are suffering and I know it's hard, but we have to sit in that and trust God. And I know some of you are hurting so bad and you've been hurting for so long and the pain is overwhelming. Trust God. He's right there. He hasn't left but wait patiently and wait quietly. Isaiah 40, 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Man, if you wanna be great, you gotta learn to wait. You gotta learn to wait. This week is my wife's birthday and uh, one of my nieces sent us singing happy birthday 
to her maybe 15 years ago, and I was on crutches as we sang. And for those of you who haven't been in my life for a long time, uh, you don't know I spent about 10 to 15 years on crutches. Eight knee surgeries, multiple procedures, all kinds of problems. And I remember crying out so badly in so much pain. And some of you, physical pain is, is, is literally will make you crazy. It hurts so bad. And just crying out, demanding, screaming to God, please heal my knees, please heal my knees. And it's so interesting, I've forgotten that I haven't been on crutches in over a decade. It's just amazing. And so I just wanna encourage those of you who are suffering right now, hang in there, hang in there. Because as much as I wanted God to take away my pain, I am such a better pastor as I minister to people in their pain because I know what it's like to hurt. And that's easy for me to say now. It would have been impossible for me to say it in the middle of it. Fourth point, keep an open mind as to how Jesus might heal you. And when he had spit on his eyes, amen? Some of you guys, you have God boxed in. You're gonna heal me in this way and in this time and in this place. Would you just open your mind up and say, God, I don't know how you're gonna heal me. I don't know how you're gonna work a miracle. I don't know what you're gonna do. And can I just say this to some of us as Christians? We're silly. Did you know that Jesus can use medicine? Well, God gave me an immune system <laughs> and apparently not a brain. Sometimes, sometimes God uses doctors to heal us. And that's okay, it's not a lack of faith. I think it's an abundance of wisdom that says, God, I am willing to do whatever you do. And here's the thing you need to know. God has given the spiritual gift of healing to doctors and nurses. He's given it to them. And he's given them minds to understand and to research, research how to fix the human body. It's not a lack of faith. For some of you, it's a lack of wisdom. You need to say, God, you can heal me however you want, but I'm gonna pursue healing. I'm gonna trust you, but I'm gonna pursue healing. So Jesus can use medicine. Next, for those of you who are in the medical community, Jesus can use a minister. I mean, some of you guys, you forget. You're tinkering. It's called medical practice, which means we make mistakes. God can use a minister. God can use someone to heal you, to change you. And some of you are saying, no, God, I'm only gonna trust medicine. I'm only gonna trust my doctor and you won't come forward. I was talking with a guy a couple of weeks ago in our church and I said, this guy right here, he has the spiritual gift of healing. I would love for you to meet him. I asked afterwards, our minister, I said, did that guy pray with you? He said, no. I led the guy to the minister and he didn't ask for prayer. Isn't that crazy? But let me say this. Jesus can also use a small group. I have seen God do miracles in my community group. I have seen God do things in the life of my wife, in our marriage, in our family, things that I've prayed for, cried for, begged for. Again, it's not like I don't know God's word. It's, like I, it's not like I don't know what to pray for. It's just amazing how God uses people. He uses the body of Christ to heal. So if you feel all alone, 
That's on you. Go talk to Jesus' people because they have Jesus' power and they can pray in the name of Jesus and do amazing things. Psalms 39, seven. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? Listen to this. What are you waiting for? Some of you think a miracle. What you're waiting for is the miracle worker. That's what we're waiting for. Let me tell you something that's more important than physical healing, spiritual touch from God. And now, oh Lord, what do I wait? Listen to this. My hope is in you. Man, waiting is hard, but it's so essential. It's so important for our spiritual development. And so I wanna close today by praying specifically for those of you who are praying for a miracle and you've heard wait. Remember, every prayer is answered yes, no, or wait. Some of us are waiting for a miracle personally. Some of us are waiting for a miracle relationally. Some of us are, are waiting for a miracle financially. I don't know what the miracle is, but I know many of you are frustrated. And I just wanna remind you, if the devil can talk one third of the angels into rebelling against God, he can whisper in your ear and just challenge you to abandon your faith. Think about that. If the devil could convince angels to leave God, he can convince you to leave Jesus. So I wanna pray for you as you wait. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And if, and if you're at a campus and you need to stand as I pray over you, I just want you to stand. That's all we're gonna ask you to do to stand. Maybe if you're comfortable lifting a hand, lift a hand. If you're watching at home, lift your hand. If, if you're online, lift your hand. But I just wanna pray over you. I want you to know that right now, God is with you. And in the same way, when that nerd, nurse left, she led me from one table to another and she just said, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I wanna pray that the Holy Spirit would just whisper in your ear that Jesus is here, he's here, he's here. And I wanna pray that you would not just want a miracle, but that you would want the presence of the miracle worker. So let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, my heart breaks for every person who's standing, for every hand that's lift. God, for every prayer, for every miracle that has not yet been answered, I pray that you bless them with your presence. I pray that you bless them with your promise that you will never leave them, you will never forsake them. I pray, God, that you would whisper into the ears of your faithful, this is not a no, this is a wait. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us the strength to wait patiently, to grow in courage, to grow in bravery, to grow in trust. Heavenly Father, move in our hearts as we wait for the miracle we so desperately need. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.